Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Hello, hello. Welcome to Fruit Pursuit Episode 5. We're going to be talking about gentleness and ditching the cloth diapers. I have a little disclaimer for you. If at any time during this podcast you think I'm bashing your parenting choices, here's a tip. You got distracted and you missed the point. This is not intended to question any of your choices. This is going to just be talking about some choices I made. And I hope through that process, you're going to be able to see how sometimes staying focused on the shoulds distract us from the actual path we are called to walk. In fact, let's take that key point right now and I want you to picture a path that someone's walking and have you ever have you ever been in the woods and sort of looking around maybe not quite sure that you're on the right track and you think, "Hmm, I was pretty sure the path should go that way." And if you were to continue walking in that direction like it should go this way, it should go this way, Without actually checking the map to seeing, wait a minute, where am I actually going and what path do I actually want to be on? How many of you know that you would end up completely lost and not where you want to go? Well, that's really what this is all about. Only we're going to approach it from a little humorous parenting moment where I was really engrossed in doing some things that I thought really should be the way that they were supposed to be. And how we can get out of that place. So how many times in your life have you looked back and thought, man, I was an uptight mess. And yet you know in that same moment that you were doing the best you could and making decisions you genuinely thought were the ones that needed making. Anybody out there besides me? Well, I think probably all of us had those times. And when we look back, we realize That the intensity and maybe the priorities that we were placing on choices that we were making was a little bit over the top. One of these times in my life was becoming a new parent. Let me tell you, I figured that at the age of 22, that I really did know how to do this parenting job with excellence and could really do it up properly. Because, you see, I was the oldest child of eight. My youngest sibling was 17 years younger than me. So I had changed my first diaper when I was six years old. I remember being taught how to carefully fold that little cotton rectangle and arrange it just so, and then position that safety pin in just such a way that you run it through your own finger before you hurt the baby. You're welcome, Roy. I also realized that I had helped my sisters learn their phonics lessons in this mosquito-infested basement of a room that I was determined to make work because the room was an amazing schoolroom, even though it didn't have screens on any of the windows. 
It's also worth noting that I helped run children's conferences, taught Sunday school classes, was the church pianist, and led children's musical plays at the church all before I was 16 years old. My parents were really good at throwing me into challenges before I thought I was ready, and I would say most of them I really thrived and enjoyed. When I was about 20, I insisted that my younger sister was ready to potty train while my parents went away for a week and left me and my grandma in charge of the rest of the family. So growing up as the oldest of eight children, I was kind of exposed to plenty of skills that are required for proper parenting. I gained a lot of other experiences while I was a teenager as well that would serve as lessons in teenage rebellion, but that's a lesson for another day. So today we're going to focus on the part about how I was sure that parenting was going to be no big deal for me. In truth, if I had been okay with being like a normal parent, I was pretty set up to succeed. I knew about diapers and toddlers and potty training and cooking and cleaning. In fact, I even asked for cleaning supplies for Christmas one year when I was around 12 because I was so excited to learn a specific cleaning method. I may have been drugged. I don't know. But I was excited about it and there were just so many skills that I learned. However, the truth is that since I knew I was set, Of course, I felt like I should be an even better parent. And there's that word should. I should be a better parent. And that's where I began putting the pressure on. I didn't know it at the time, but I can look back and see that the more I knew, the more I felt like I should do with perfection. And that idealistic monster started to grow. And so my heart here in this talk about gentleness is if I can take my experience and share it with you wherever you are on your journey and help you to avoid creating this ideal monster or to kill it a lot faster, oh, that just brings me so much joy. All right, so let's talk about these diapers. Ready? I decided that I really should cloth diaper when I was about to have my first child. What is it about those cloth cotton things that makes people ooh and ah? I have to admit, I was totally taken. And these were like the fancy ones that didn't require any pins. There was Velcro and elastic seams and soft cotton and Oh, the newborn ones, y'all, they were just adorable. They're like that soft, hairy cloth with these cute little snaps and little packages of cloud-like heaven that you could put on a baby's bum. It was just wonderful. And there were printed covers and there were liners and there were diaper pails and with natural deodorizer. And I, Oh, man, I was smitten. Any real mom worth her salt would cloth diaper especially with these fancy pants. That's how I felt. And it sounds so ridiculous to say today because I'm so over that. And I don't know where you are with cloth diapering, but I'll refer you to the disclaimer for number one is if you get offended, you miss the point. All right. So the point of this is that I took this mentality about diapering And I applied it into every area of getting ready for my first baby. I got a fancy perambulator instead of a stroller. 
And my baby was going to have home-cooked blended foods and schedules like clockwork and the proper toys and books for being the honors student and all the accessories to go with it. I had the baby carrier and the baby sling and the baby swing and the baby bouncy saucer. And don't we all know that after we get all those things, when the rubber hits the road and I was trying to make dinner and get it done and the kid was screaming, he just wouldn't be quiet Things weren't working perfectly. I stuck Jonathan in a pot with some water, threw some cup measures in there, told him to play because that's what made him happy. And all the toys and every idealistic thing was over there on the sidelines. (laughs) You see all those shoulds in the world and all my idealistic perfections didn't really take into account the reality and the needs of everyday life. It didn't really account for anything that didn't look completely blissful in my mind's eye. In fact, if it didn't look completely blissful, it looked wrong or like I was inadequate or like I wasn't doing enough. Do you see that? Well, unfortunately, because I'm such a stubborn person, these cloth diaper things lasted a little longer. Uh, 15 months after Jonathan was born, James came along and 16 months later, Jefferson was born. And suddenly I had three little boys all wearing cloth diapers, none actually tall enough to make potty training something that saved me any time or helped me in any way. If, if you've never gotten backed up on scrubbing out cloth diapers that are totally poopy in the toilet, like to the tune of 15 or 20 nasty diapers stacked up next to the toilet, then let me explain that there ain't nothing cute, pretty, or heavenly about that, and it still has to get done. And at that time, we also, in our in our family, we also shared the laundry area. There were like three washers and two dryers. We shared that area with 16 other people. And... They were located down two flights of stairs, around the corner, through the passageway, across the industrial-sized kitchen, down the long hall to the left. So if you can picture these two giant diaper pails of soggy, wet diapers every day or every other day, I hope you can see how it was too much. It was too much and it finally broke me and I caved and bought some pampers. It makes perfect sense today. And yet at the moment that I was making that choice, I felt guilty. I was so embarrassed and so ashamed. Have you ever gotten to the complete end of something and you know this situation is ridiculous and that you need to change, but because you carry that choice as a banner for so long that you, that your should now feels like sin to put down, like you've really put your heart and soul into this is the thing that I do. I identify this way. And when we put that down, it feels wrong. Here I was, I had toted the cloth diaper flag very proudly, and now I was bailing out at all sides. I was saying, the earth doesn't matter. The landfills can just take over the world for all I care. So much for the illusion of saving money or skin or being cute. I was done. I was so done. And it took a while for all those shoulds around that decision to subside. 
I should be able to do this. I should want to care about the trash I create. I should be willing to do the hard thing and scrub out diapers. And yet I had skin eczema so bad on my hands at the time that they were raw and bleeding on most days. With the feeling of feeling guilty for deciding that I wasn't going to scrub out diapers anymore. This is why shoulds can be such a great signal to pay attention to the judgments we have on ourselves and choose gentleness. Everyone has shoulds in their lives, but every should is kind of like a sign. It's like a signal. It's a symptom. It isn't necessarily a wrong choice. Like if I say, you should go to the bathroom before you get in the car and we're driving for three hours. That's a should that is a good, wise choice. It's not necessarily a wrong choice, but it is a moment where we can say, wait, I have an expectation. Is that going to meet the priority that I'm headed towards? Is it still in line with what I said I wanted? Is it still in line with the truth that I'm headed towards or the path that I feel like I've been called to go on? So when I notice that and saying, aha, there's a should, there's something I want to do that will move me towards the priority I have, then it stays. But it's also a great time to ask questions like, if it's not a prior, if it's not a uh, hand. If it's not headed towards that priority, who has placed this should pressure on me? Do I have the same priority now that I did when I made that decision? Am I feeling guilty for something or simply making a choice to avoid feeling like a failure? Is the should coming from pride or confidence that it's the direction that I want to go? Some should simply reflect what we believe was the best practice with a limited amount of information and a specific priority at a certain point in time. And then when we get more information or a new priority, our ideal choices obviously can change. But sometimes when we plant our flag, we feel funny about changing that thing that we said, oh, this should be the way it looks. Now, please understand, I'm not talking about moral decisions here. I'm talking about all those silly little pressures that we put on ourselves that are neither here nor there on the Ten Commandments list. Like, my vi- my kids don't play video games. We don't watch television. I only homeschool. We are co-sleepers in our family. My kids sleep in their own beds. We breastfeed only. I'm not doing that. I'm bottle feeding. I'm getting a C-section. C-sections are wrong. Baby wearing, keep your baby off of you, scheduling, doing it whenever you think, methods of discipline, food choices, exercise choices, closing choices. Nah, we make these decisions and because we want to feel like we may have a reason why we made the decision in the first place, but once we make the decision, we want to feel good about the decisions that we make. And so we notice the different ways is that the different ways that our choices are good. And we begin to validate our choice by the things around us, by the evidence that we gather. And so next, it's really easy to decide, like, this isn't just a good choice. This is the way everybody should do this. Everyone should be making this choice. And we start to promote it. And our pride kind of gets wrapped up in validating our decisions. 
but it's safe to change our minds when we have new information. When we discover that maybe our priority has shifted slightly, our children are a little bit further along and so they need something different. We've met a particular need and now we need to focus on a different need more. Or we discover a new problem that needs to be addressed in our family. It's okay and it's safe to change our minds. It requires humility, though. And the sooner we can recognize that pride is often what keeps us in an unnecessary pressure, the sooner we can just choose gentleness and have expectations that are realistic. You know, I really resisted quitting these cloth diapers. I was embarrassed at how much money I had spent on them, and yet I wanted to bail so bad. Instead, I should have to pay for my extravagant expense by continuing to use them. Have you ever done this before? I felt like I needed to pay for my poor choice and continue to do it. You know, I was really prideful about my idealistic parenting choice, believing that the most, quote, with it parents should be choosing this route. And so I was hesitant to look like a failure. In reality, I desperately needed to simplify my tasks at that time, given the fact that I had three kids under the age of three, and I needed to minimize the time that my hands were in water which meant not standing over the toilet, scrubbing for hours. New things had become the priority. It wasn't the wrong choice to make for my first child, but three children in, it was definitely not helping me maintain my priorities. And so when I finally got my pride under control and just confessed it and let it go and let it be okay, that I had backed up my choice about cloth diapers. And now, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Once I got over it and got over my unicorn and rainbows ideals, I was able to focus on making choices that were gentle to me and my family in our parenting. I was able to spend more time with my kids and be present with them and less time in the laundry room. So another way we can look at these shoulds is like recognizing how often do we have this Prince Charming mentality about how our life is supposed to look. I got this great nugget from a man named Ennio Salucci. He runs the reInvent Ministries. Um, You can find out about them from reInventMinistries.org. I have really enjoyed a number of their conferences, and he discussed how in one of those, how we often see others or situations around us in life as disappointments because we think it's supposed to look like Prince Charming in order to be right. So it's easy to see when we talk about it in context of a spouse, Prince Charming brain might look like different shoulds, such as like, well, Prince Charming should be handsome and he works hard and he plays with the kids and he never touches video games and he brings me flowers and candy, but not while I'm dieting. And he works out and he takes the kids and does the grocery shopping and comes up with a surprise, awesome dates and tells me how wonderful I am. And then all these things, when our husbands don't meet those expectations or the shoulds, then I'm disappointed And let me tell you, this is not the only place we play this game, of course. We have like this entire charming family that we have kid charming who's like 
the kid that's supposed to be able to keep his room clean and do all his homework and say, yes, ma'am. And he's kind to his siblings and he's generous and he shares his toys and he doesn't get all bent out of shape if his younger toddler child sister breaks one of them and all these things. We have house charming. Like my house is supposed to look like one of those fixer upper places where they come in and stage the whole thing and nobody's actually living in it yet. And if it doesn't, then something's wrong with me. I should be mom charming. I should be able to get up and feel cheerful at all times and be dressed and have my makeup on and my hair fixed and be able to take care of all of the children's needs and all of the household things and be able to run a side business and enjoy personal time with my husband and, you know, and by the end of the day, still have plenty of energy to sit and talk about what's meaningful to everyone else, all while fitting in a little cup of tea with my friends at the coffee shop in the middle of the day. And if that's not happening, we're feeling like, oh, well, I should be. And of course, there's volunteer charming and there's, um, there's coworker charming and there's home repair charming. I should know how to fix all of these things myself. I should be able to save money. There's like the thrift charming. How many of you struggle with, I bought that thing at full price, but I'm not daring to tell anybody about it because I feel like if I was being a good steward of my money, I should be able to get it on sale. What? We do this to ourselves. It's this high pressure world we choose to live in. And that is not reality. We're not a compilation of these ideals. We're human. We're finite. And we have natural limitations, primarily because we aren't God. And sometimes being gentle to ourselves and and others looks like releasing the shoulds from ourselves and others. And getting over this Prince Charming mentality that we apply to every area of our lives. So then, if the, if we know what we're not supposed to do now, what is it that we choose instead? Well, we can choose the best choice in front of us today. Instead of looking at a path and saying, oh, I think the path should be going this way. It, But it, it isn't. But it should be, and continuing to go that way, maybe it's time to double-check, where am I going? Wait a minute, which direction is that headed? And what markers on the path did I say I was looking for? And then we, rather than deciding what it should be, deciding what did we choose to follow, what priorities, what are we still on that same path and find the markers? That's how you stay on the right path. We ch- and we choose that on a day-to-day basis. So one statement that you can use every single day, and this is something I use in my coaching groups, is who I know I want to be today is, therefore I get to And there's so much more excitement and joy around things that we get to do rather than we should do or we have to do or it's just expected. No, we get to because that's the way we want to go and it's exciting. You know, in that diapering stage, 
who I knew I wanted to be, was more present with those three little boys. I knew I needed to do something to give my poor blistered hands a break. I knew I needed to spend less time and energy on the mountains of laundry so that I could have more time to keep my toddlers out of trouble. Therefore, I get to choose disposable diapers, and there need be no resistance or judgment. There's no, oh, I paid all this much money, and now what do I do? Forget it. It's down the drain. Here we go. Here we are today. What's the best choice today? Punishing myself longer isn't going to bring the money back. So it's really a place of what do I choose today? What's that for you today? Where do you see resistance and shoulds driving your life like a freight train that you feel like you can't get off? And maybe you just feel like you have to ride it to the bitter end. What decisions or choices have you made? What have you paid good money for that you know maybe you need to let go of, but you keep holding on to punish yourself for that impulse buy? Or that rash statement that you declared to your extended family about how you were going to do things because you were feeling a little insecure about the decision to begin with, and so you really needed to back it up with some conviction and now you're like, eh, actually, I think I'm going to change my mind. Or did you make a social media post about something that informed the world of exactly how you thought it was supposed to be? And now you're kind of wondering if maybe that wasn't exactly how you're supposed to go for the rest of your life. You know what? It's done. It's over. Forcing yourself to use a curriculum that you bought already that isn't working or appliances in your kitchen that you haven't used in years or making, trying to make sure you get your money, your time's worth, just continuing down a path that leads in the wrong direction. It's not worth it. In fact, there's never a better moment than immediately to recognize that you need to change directions. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. There is never a better moment than immediately to recognize you need to change directions and then do it. Gentleness is really allowing yourself that freedom to change immediately, to let go of the path that you thought you were on and go a little different way towards the path you want to be on towards the, the path that you feel called to. We can ditch the shoulds. We can ditch them, people, like, like those dirty cloth diapers and choose what to do based on truth with a capital T, but also on where your priorities are right now, today. So where is gentleness calling out to you to release your shoulds? What one next thing will you choose today? You know, you can go to fruitpursuitpodcast.com and click on the link for this particular episode, episode five, gentleness and ditching the diapers and leave me a comment. I'd love to hear what your one next thing is that you're choosing today in order to incorporate gentleness into your life. Hey, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate 
Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?